and welcome to Jiu-Jitsu Red to Blue. I'm Tish Durkin, and this episode is the first of this season's summertime shorts. Not a fully formed counter-argument to MAGA, but just an easy breezy stroll down this week's stretch of political beach. I know I spent the last episode on Florida governor and wannabe U.S. president Ron DeSantis, but I can't resist focusing on him again. Just a few days ago, DeSantis hit the headlines when he hit Iowa with this little riff. We will wage a war on the woke. We will fight the woke in education. We will fight the woke in the corporations. We will fight the woke in the halls of Congress. We will never, ever surrender. The governor was, of course, channeling, well, trying to channel, the late, selectively great Winston Churchill, who, in the lead-up to World War II, uttered these inarguably heroic words. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Churchill was standing up to the imminent threat of Nazi invasion. DeSantis is standing up to the imaginary threat of LGBTQ people using public toilets and being mentioned to public school children. A gravitas gap that has come in for its share of notice and ridicule these past few days. That's fine, and also fun, but nonetheless. I'm not struck so much by the contrast between DeSantis and Churchill as by the similarity between DeSantis and another iconic British Prime Minister, Margaret Thatcher. Here she is, the Iron Lady herself, addressing her Conservative Party conference in 1987. But it's the plight of individual boys and girls which worries me most. Too often, our children don't get the education they need, the education they deserve. And in the inner cities, where youngsters must have a decent education if they are to have a better future, That opportunity is all too often snatched from them by hard-left education authorities and extremist teachers. And children who need to be able to count and multiply are learning anti-racist mathematics, whatever that may be. Children who need to be able to express themselves in clear English are being taught political slogans. Children who need to be taught to respect traditional moral values are being taught that they have an inalienable right to be gay. Sound familiar, Florida? Give her an American accent, squeeze her dry of every last drop of charisma, and Maggie T could be Ron D. Here he is, resounding Maggie's alarm about those lefty manifestos that masquerade as lesson plans. We have drawn a very clear line in the sand that says our school system is for educating kids, not indoctrinating kids. And guess what kind of indoctrination he means most especially. You know, in the state of Florida, a parent should be able to send their kid to kindergarten without having woke gender ideology shoved down their throat. Don't forget the racist math problem. We recently had these reviews that the Department of Education was doing in Florida, and these math books, they were doing woke math. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, like two plus two equals four, right? It's not two plus two equals, well, how do you feel about that? Is that an injustice? No, we got to teach the kids to get the right answer. I mean, that's just the end of the day. 
Honest to God, these fear-mongering money lines from the 2020s so closely echo those from the 1980s, they sound almost plagiarized. But if there is very little daylight between DeSantis's words and Thatcher's, there is a world of difference between the political environments in which these words were spoken. And that's what makes the DeSantis reboot all the more reprehensible. Not remotely to excuse or downplay Margaret Thatcher's remarks, but at the time that she made them, some 75% of the British public believed, to use the polling terminology of the time, that homosexual activity was always or mostly wrong. More than 60% of the rank and file of both the Labour and Tory parties felt the same way. And, as in the U.S. on this and so many other issues, it was a combination of progress and backlash that had melded into that mentality. In Thatcher's Britain, homosexuality had been decriminalized and was crawling toward general social acceptance. Various councils, for example, had begun to fund some LGBT organizations and events. Jenny Lives with Eric and Martin, a children's book about a little girl with two daddies, came out in 1988, a year before the equally splash-making Heather Has Two Mommies appeared in the U.S. In Britain, as in the U.S., all this made plenty of straight people nervous and drove some straight people insane. Meanwhile, the rise of AIDS terrified everyone and turbocharged everything, especially the bad, bigoted things that come up when fear meets hate and the two are balled up and flung in the face of any group in any society. It was in that environment that the year after Thatcher's address to that conference, 1988, Section 28 of the Local Government Act overwhelmingly passed in the British Parliament. Section 28 prohibited authorities and schools from, quote, promoting homosexuality and effectively banned the discussion of same-sex relationships in schools. In other words, don't say gay. It is nothing short of eerie to be sitting here in our American boat so rocked right now by this exact issue and look back at how it was handled in the Britain of 35 years ago. Politicians there and then, just like politicians here and now, insisted that they wouldn't dream of hating or discriminating against anyone. They just wanted to keep inappropriate sexual content from being, and you do hear this same phrase, shoved down the throats of small children. But here's what's so much worse about DeSantis in his time as compared to Thatcher in hers. Anti-LGBTQ sentiment is not nearly as prevalent nor, frankly, as politically useful in the society that DeSantis aspires to lead as it was in the society that Thatcher did lead. No doubt, some Americans, particularly white evangelical Republican base voter type Americans, do remain upset about gay rights, particularly gay marriage, which has led to gay parents who get to have children who go to school and possibly mention or draw pictures of them and thus let the cat out of the bag to their classmates that not all families are the same. Clearly albeit regrettably, there are plenty of offices determined by plenty of American electorates in which stoking that upset makes total sense. But DeSantis is not running to represent some ruby-red constituency in the Bible Belt. He is running for President of the United States. And totally apart from the merit, or monstrousness, of his anti-woke agenda, that agenda simply does not square with the mentality of most Americans today. 
As of 2022, according to Pew Research, six in 10 Americans thought that the legalization of gay marriage had been good for society. 36% considered the effect to be very good, nearly double the number who considered the effect very bad. Those holding such favorable views included more than 40% of Republicans and two-thirds of Catholics. Of course, the issue of transgenderism is less familiar and more unsettling to more types of Americans. But even on that front, it's more of a split between Americans who favor trans rights and recognition in schools and elsewhere and those who don't. Not a slam dunk for the over-my-dead-body brigade led by DeSantis. Now, given that he's a graduate of Harvard and Yale, you would have to assume that DeSantis has looked into how his signature set of proposals has or hasn't worked elsewhere. So he surely knows. In Britain, Section 28 occasioned exactly zero prosecutions. But it unleashed a wave of state-sanctioned bigotry and bullying against queer children while giving no indication of preserving the innocence of anyone else. In fact, let's think about that for a second. If a major educational goal is to foster innocence, does it really serve that goal to foster intolerance? Precisely what is it that we want our children to be innocent of? Anyway, Section 28 was repealed in Scotland in 2000 and in England in 2003. In 2009, conservative Prime Minister David Cameron formally apologized on behalf of his party for the measure. Needless to say, homophobia in its many forms still courses throughout the realm. But as of 2020, all secondary schools in Britain must teach about sexual orientation and gender identity, and all primary or elementary schools must teach about different family types, which can include LGBTQ+. It's worth noting these liberalized guidelines were passed by a majority conservative parliament. This year, when a petition by socially conservative parents to remove LGBT content from primary education gained a big head of steam in the form of 200,000 signatures, it was a conservative government which rejected it, partially on the grounds that children need to be prepared for life in modern Britain. By contrast, Maggie, sorry, MAGA, DeSantis, is more interested in denying, denigrating, and where at all possible, outlawing modern life by threatening the pluralism that makes modern life possible. And in this, of course, he's right in step with just about every one of his fellow Republican presidential candidates. So the next time any of them dares to quote Winston Churchill, and they will, just remember that their whole anti-woke rationale consists of a big stick of already-been-chewed gum from later lesser lights of mainstream British conservatism, which, by the way, spat that gum out two decades ago. Thanks for listening. Tune in for more of Jiu-Jitsu Red to Blue. New episodes drop every Thursday morning.